We're clear for takeoff. ears are not deceiving you it is that time again for kings of the heart the two brothers talking about relationships from a therapeutic standpoint because we are licensed marriage and family therapists my name is Tariq Omari Walton I am joined with my brother Dr. John Hart Dr. Hart my man how you been bro I'm doing well man I'm blessed I'm happy man it's so amazing to be here with you always sharing this space building uh, connecting and just like I always say doing it for the people bro. that's right doing it for the people and what we have been doing for the people lately is talking about boundaries healthy boundaries how to establish and maintain good boundaries with friends family co-workers whoever you need to make sure is not having full access to you all the time so that you can maintain your own sense of mental wellness and we are on this series the series deep and deep in the series about boundaries um right now we're talking about the different types of boundaries and we want to move into emotional boundaries and we want to make sure we had a whole episode just for this because emotional boundaries is deep and there's so many layers and elements that go along with it and so we won't keep you waiting dr john let's break <laughs> let's just break into it man let's just let's, let's get into it so first let's just start off here how do you actually define what emotional boundaries is break it down for the people what is an emotional boundary um i would say um emotional boundaries are a couple of things uh, again boundaries allow us to understand how to relate to each other and one of the things from an emotional boundary standpoint is um expressing one's feelings right Right. What are the boundaries around there? Um, some folks, for example, are oversharers, right? Mm. So that's a boundary <laughs> that right. needs to be discussed. Mm -hmm. There are folks who don't share often, right? Right. So that is like a real baseline, you know, good example of boundaries. And those boundaries are shaped by prior experiences. And if you were to say, well, like, why are they important? Um, well, there's different things. Being able to express yourself or overexpress or underexpress, mm -hmm. right? That can roll into things like vulnerability, right. right? Vulnerability is usually at the essence of emotional boundaries, right? So we have expressions of emotions. Yeah. We have the extent of emotions, right? Oversharing, undersharing. Um, there are also um, other aspects of emotional boundaries that I've talked to my couples about um, is um, intensity. Mm -hmm. I, I've learned oh, over yeah. the last few years that intensity of one's emotions does come with the boundaries, yeah. right? Um, we can talk about that a little bit more. So those, those are some quick kind of um, things that I discuss and openly define with my couples about emotional boundaries. I mean, what what sticks out to you, Brother Rick, when you hear emotional boundaries? The first thing I think of, I remember dating this sister probably like 20 years ago. And even though she's really cool, she talked a whole lot. And I just found myself really being drained around her really like being drained and i didn't know how to describe what that was until i read this book the celestine prophecy and it just talked about you know how people can take your energy and i recognize now as a therapist having done this for a while having talked to people around it that was an emotional drain you know being yeah. you know feeling like you know someone's dumping all their 
um, not their problems, but, you know, just the way that they communicate with you, what's going on with them, whether it's their feelings, their thoughts, and just how they're sharing so much, but not realizing that it's pulling a lot from you. And so a boundary for me had to be, okay, there has to be a cutoff. There has to be a certain amount of time that you are going to share. It can't just be you, you know, going off the top of your dome and the the I you know. Agree. Yeah. What, what's it called when you're when you're kind of just uh, stream, 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 of, stream of consciousness. consciousness, stream of consciousness conversation. All right, you're you're figuring it out as you're talking, expecting me to follow the entire time, not realizing, yo, you're draining my my energy to listen. And so I think about emotional boundaries from the standpoint of how you're respecting my energy. You know, how, and then on the flip side, how am I respecting your feelings? Because as you're sharing, you know, like you said, about being vulnerable, as you're sharing, I need to make sure that I am staying in tune with you, that I'm not disrespecting your feelings, that I'm not judging your feelings, that I am just in tune with you. And I am I'm being I'm coming from a place of understanding, from a place of empathy and from a place of compassion. You yeah. know, and so for you, yeah. that would be, you know, someone having to respect your emotional boundary, your your feelings. And so that's where I come yeah. from with emotional boundaries. You know, what what kind of energy are you pulling away or giving point. to somebody? Yeah, that's a good point. I think energy is definitely there. Um, emotions are um, pretty um, nuanced, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't have to always be complicated. Mm -hmm. And um, and and so there's nothing. I totally agree with your addition of the notion of vibe. Like what's the emotional vibe that I'm getting? And right. that, that could also impact your partner's response. Yeah. yeah. Right. Empathy or reactivity. Yeah. Or, you know, things like that. That That's real. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that one. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Cause I think that's, and, and as human beings, we work off of vibes. I think we all do. living creatures, we, we work off of vibes. Right. 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 If you're in tune with them, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like we're Correct. talking yeah. very, very, you know, esoterically, you know, with, you know, vibes and energy and stuff like that. Um, how, how, how can we break that down a little bit more for those listeners who aren't really fully aware of what we mean by energy, what we mean by vibes? What, what are some other ways we could describe that for listeners? Well, I, I think another way um, to go about talking about it is when you occupy a space in a conversation with your partner, um, feedback is always important. And so it's important to do a couple of things when I think of like vibe and energy is like you got to look for cues, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're expressing yourself and you can see that your partner, your loved one, either has some expression on their face or their eyes are glazing to, over correct <laughs> eyes are glazing over um people start to kind of turn away right you know they start fidgeting with something that's a, yeah mm -hmm. that cues gives right. you the information for you to pick up on a vibe right. on the energy that's why sometimes as as a society folks you hear that term read the room mm -hmm. you know and, and the ability to read the room, that's predicated on, are you picking up on the vibe? Are you picking up on the cues? Are you picking up on information in front of you while you talk? Right. And I, I also want to say, and Brother Reek, I mean, um, I don't know how you feel as well. I think as we're breaking this down, it doesn't mean that we're telling people to like not express themselves. Right. But what we are saying, though, is that even in a committed relationship, the inability to pick up on a vibe, yeah. to pick up on cues, right. to be able to really read the room, read the situation better, right. could cause more problems for communication. Right. And an example would be 
you not being heard because you've been talking for the last like 20 minutes and there was no straight pause. right no pause no room for anybody to reflect nothing. with you nothing you know nothing. just going yeah nothing. yeah you're wearing right. the person out right right, right. but and, and and you've talked about this in in in, in previous talks we, we've had um and that is also like what's the function of that like mm-hmm. how did you learn that why are you doing that mm-hmm. right and those are things to help people to, as we do as therapists, like we help people to slow down. Because right. remember, when you're able to slow down, you read the room better. Right. Isn't that so? Right. Right. When you're not being fed by your anxiety and you're just trying to get there everything you out, you there know, you and you actually take the time to look around like, oh, OK. There you go. They're not feeling yep. it right now because. Yes. <laughs> you know, right. Which is only feeding more into your anxiety because you're trying to figure out, you know, why is it that they're not paying attention? And you're just really trying to get Correct. their attention. Well, maybe Correct. there's something that you're doing that's turning them off to you. They need to be more yep. reflective instead of attacking and aggressive. You know, when I yep. think about, you know, vibes, right? I, I love the fact that you brought up cue, you know, taking cues mm-hmm. from, you know, the people in front of you. Mm-hmm. I go right to emotional intelligence, your emotional Correct. IQ. And emotional intelligence is about understanding and being aware of both your emotions and the emotions of others. And so that Correct. vibe that Correct. you're talking about, picking up on social cues, being able to be enough, being in tuned enough with people to recognize that they are having an emotional reaction to what you're saying or, or how you're saying something, recognizing that yeah. what you're doing is impacting somebody else. And so being in tune to their vibe, seeing what's going on with them by those different physical cues. OK, you keep fidgeting with your with something. You know, you're the 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 you know strap on your your purse or um, you know your nails, whatever. You're doing something that's let me know. Okay, you're feeling really anxious about about what I'm saying. Maybe I need to figure out another way to put this. You know, or maybe I need to stop and ask you what's going on with you. You know, so being yeah. able to pick up on your vibe. So that's really about your emotional intelligence. How aware are you of the emotions of other people in front of you? That's that vibe. Energy, uh, I break I it down a little bit different when I think about energy because energy, I think about, again, going back to emotional intelligence, more so about understanding your capacity, how much you can take in, you know, how much is being drained of you, like a real battery. You know, yeah. a battery is all about yep. capacity. How yep. much capacity does that battery have to hold? How, how drained is that battery? You know, how much energy is being pulled from there because of, you know, the, the demand of whatever is in front of them? And so when I think about my energy being drained, I'm thinking instantly about what's going on with you. What are you sharing with me that and in which way are you sharing things with me that's making me feel like you're taking all of my energy? You're 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 draining me of my capacity to even listen anymore, you know, stay in tune. You know, so that's what I think about when I think about, you know, energy versus vibe and how both of those go together. You know, if you're reading my vibe, then you'll recognize, yo, you're probably draining my battery. So, hey, slow down. Or, or change the subject or ask me a question. <laughs> Don't just keep talking, you know, because that's what you feel like you want to do. Because, you're, again, you're being fed by your anxiety or whatever. You just have all the stuff that you want to talk about that's been on your mind. But um, I may not have the capacity to hold all that right now. So chill. You know, that's my emotional boundary. Yeah, I need to chill. And yeah. And, and I also like I like that a lot because. Um, we've also used similar words. Uh, I've used this recently. You, you just you talked about capacity. I think it's also important to talk about people's threshold. Yeah, um, no doubt. I recently spoke to I spoke to 
a few of my couples earlier this week, and it really resonated with them because one of the things that I had to tell them about emotional boundaries is part of the balancing act in a, in a romantic relationship is truly understanding and accepting that you and your partner for the most part are going to have two different thresholds. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, and that's okay. It's right. okay. Right. And, and your so threshold may be different at different times too. Emotionally. Oh, correct. Yeah, correct. But I had to, I had to break it down and, and help one of my couples around emotional boundaries to say, um, and it really resonated when the wife has a lower threshold, um, meaning to say she she'll she'll react quite quickly. Her right. reactivity right. is quite high right. emotionally. The husband has is is takes a little bit more. His 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 ability to hold for capacity is much higher. Right. He has a higher threshold. Mm-hmm. Means it takes him a while before he will express emotion or right. just show any kind of emotional reactivity. Mm-hmm. And by walking them through what Brother Rick is saying about capacity, and I'm also adding you know, a, a, a similar concept uh, about threshold. We want our listeners to just understand, guys, that it's okay. And what I told this couple is, especially the wife, is that for our listeners whose thresholds are quite lower, mm-hmm. who have um, not as much capacity, it whenever you're interacting with your partner and they're not showing that, right. it does not mean that they don't care and they're not listening. Right. Meaning that's what I mean. Like you have to be understanding that their threshold does not match yours. Right. That it will take them, their capacity to hold emotions is far greater than yours. Their, right. their ability to take in a lot, um, their threshold is much high before they do get triggered. Right. right? And that's okay, but that's where you go to therapy and that's where you work these things out. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to kind of add that, Brother Regan. I hope that's fair because, like, that always gets lost right. in the conversations well, around emotional boundaries. That makes me instantly go to the conversations I've had with my clients around being extrovert versus being introvert. And you want to talk about capacity mm-hmm. and threshold. Well, if you're an introvert, you know, and you are, you know, as an introvert, you're not always um, in a place where you want to interact with people. You want to spend time by yourself. You want to focus on your own thing. And so in order to maintain a healthy relationship with somebody, you have to establish a healthy, um, a a serious emotional boundary with somebody because they need to understand as an introvert, I may not be able to maintain all that information you're sharing with me. I don't have the capacity. My threshold is lower as an introvert. And, you know, I want to be able to communicate that with you in a way that shows that, hey, I still care about you, but recognize I can't take in all this extra information that you're sharing. You know, so you're yeah. going to have to maybe sparse it out or do something different, but recognize as an introvert, I can't handle that. Whereas as an extrovert, you may have the the emotional capacity for so much more than your partner. And you want to be aware yeah. of that. And so just because, you know, you are, again, you're very extroverted, you're, you're, you know, you gain energy from being around people, you know, whereas for an introvert, they're usually drained by people. As much as an extrovert as you are and you're intro- your may, may be an introvert, you may be oversharing and giving them way too much that they just can't handle. And that's why, yeah. you know, they're they're ducking and dodging conversations with you because there's, there's this way too much is happening. And you have to recognize yeah. that is a boundary for them. They just don't have the capacity. They don't have their threshold is low and they can't maintain all that conversation in a way that you want to have it. And that's why yeah. and when I spoke about, you know, being compassionate, that's the compassionate part of it. You know, be compassionate for your mate 
be compassionate for your friends, your family who don't have that same level of um, of capacity that you do for these kind of conversations. Be able to pick up on their vibes, look at their cues. They're telling you without saying the words. They're telling you, I can't listen to all this, you know. So pull back a little bit. Just be aware. Again, emotional intelligence, the awareness of your emotions and the emotions of others. Yeah, man, that that's where it's at. Um, there's nothing wrong, and I think it is pretty fitting for you to add the, um, the the dualism of personality types, right? Mm-hmm. Extroversion, you know, and introversion. Right. There's definitely something there. Um, I also want to uh, uplift something you said earlier, which is also true. Again, folks, what we're talking about is so nuanced. Um, Rick, you had you had shared with the people that like even your threshold can vary depending on the situation. Oh, from and day that's to day, real. you know, what you know, your like, day's been like. Real. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you want to can you say a little bit more about that? Oh, like, you know, so our listeners can kind of get um, a better sense of what you mean by the threshold capacity could change based on the situation. Look it, we're therapists, right? And yeah. because of the nature of what we do, we sit with people all day long and their emotions. And some days people have, you know, they're very light with their emotions and they're fun and they're just bouncing around. And sometimes you just have these very heavy days where people are yeah. really bringing, you know, and it doesn't always have to be negative energy, but just like a lot of emotion that can be draining for us. And yep. so, you know, going home to my wife, she knows, I've, I've mentioned this before, she knows to kind of check in with me with how my day was so that she understands the capacity that I have to talk today. I'm very extroverted. I have a, obviously, because of what we do, I have a, a, a very large battery when it comes to conversations and, and emotions and energy. It's large. But by the time I get done seeing eight clients and I get home, that capacity is going to be kind of low. So she knows to check in with me, kind of take my temperature, and figure out where I am. So she knows how much she can share with me now versus later on, how much she's going to have to hold on to and so, you know, I, my battery is back and we can talk more about it. You know, so that's the idea, recognizing that from day to day, my capacity is going to change based off of the interactions I have with my clients. And that's, a, that's just one area. You know, you think yeah. about, you know, if you have kids and yeah. how, how, you know, yeah. what their schedule is like and how much that, how much of what they do can take away your energy. And sometimes, hey, you can be really patient with your children. Because you have a yeah. higher, you have a higher capacity, and it's just not that much going on. Other days, it's like, yo, you know, it's uh, you know, you're draining. I'm feeling overwhelmed yep. by the amount of attention that you're you're asking for right now. Other days, I may be be able to handle it, but right now, because of just how I'm feeling, maybe I didn't get enough sleep. Maybe you know what I ate didn't provide enough nourishment for me. Whatever it is, there's something that's going on with me that's not allowing me to be consistent with my threshold. And that's normal for yeah. everybody. We just have w- yep. way too much going on in our lives that contribute to the way that we feel and how much energy we have to share or kind of capacity we have to take things in. Yep. You know? Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, that that's so real. And part of what part of you bringing it up is to humanize us as much as possible. Oh, yeah. And that is it, it, we, it are human, all we are human. Yeah. It, as it, it superhuman as Dr. John and I seem, I know, yeah. I know we seem like we're just above it all, but not nah, trust me, we are human to the T. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and that's and that's part of it, but that's why it's important for us to talk about these boundaries because part of it, right? And and it'll be interesting to see what you think, Brother Reek. You know, part of emotional boundaries is these are things that these are messages, these are 
parameters. These are the relational aspects of our lives mm. that for the most part, sometimes we don't always communicate. Right. And that right. could be problematic. Oh, and, yeah. and Brother Reek, like what, what are the implications? Right. I know you feel me on that because it, it's not as you know, you, you we had talked about a list of different boundaries. But mm -hmm. here's when I talk to my clients, I always say one of the reasons why emotional boundaries is one of the hardest and trickiest ones to manage in a relationship is because most of the time we keep it in here right. in our in our brain right. in our hearts right. and we don't always express right. or when we do we don't always express it in the best ways right. that can maintain connection right. and 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 so what what are your thoughts about yeah, being that? being passive you know when you're a passive yeah. communicator you end up leaving everything inside and you're not sharing what you're feeling and so the people around you don't they don't know they don't understand right. what your boundaries are because you haven't established them with them so imagine yep. for a second that i didn't have a conversation with my wife early on in our dating to let her know look it there are gonna be times where i cannot engage as fully as other times you know and so by having that conversation with her i'm establishing that boundary and so mm -hmm. now her part of respecting that boundary is taking my temperature baby how was yep. your day how are you feeling you know, yep. and so as she does that, she's showing me that she recognizes what my boundary is. If I never had that conversation with her, if I never told her that my capacity can be low from time to time, then her thing may be to, as soon as I walk in the door, just hit me, bombard me with everything that's been on her mind all day long. And I'm sitting there just taking it in, nodding my head, becoming more and more resentful because yeah. I'm feeling so drained by it. You know, yep. you don't know what kind of day I had. You didn't even bother to ask me. And here you are throwing more on my plate. And, yo, my capacity is really, really low. So now you're draining me even more. The more that happens, the, the less I'm going to want to be around you and the more resentful I'm going to be towards you for Correct. not being, um, I don't want to say being aware, but not really taking care of how I'm feeling in the moment. Yeah. But you're not aware because I'm not sharing. You know, yeah. and that's why it's so important to share. You can't have the expectation that people are going to respect boundaries that you did not tell them that you have. Yeah, you have man. to be very dirty. This is one of the times where you have to be assertive. You have to communicate directly what your boundaries are so that people are aware of them and they can learn to respect them. And they may not even know how to do that at first, but by consist being consistent with maintaining your boundary, they will yeah. learn. You know, and yeah. that's how you establish a healthy relationship. You know, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Well, I, I agree 100% with everything that you said. I also want to add for the person receiving that communication, you have to be very open-minded. When your partner is telling you about their emotional boundaries, right. do not make it about you. Oh, man. Okay, it's not do an not attack do on that. You. Right. It's not an attack on you. It's not to say you're a horrible partner. Right. They are not saying you're not meeting their needs or whatever outside of them explicitly saying that. But you have to be open. I always right. try to push my clients and say it is an educational experience about love. <laughs> yes. That is yes. the great yes. thing about emotional educational boundaries. Experience it about is love. an educational yes. experience about yes. love. Yes, it is. So you cannot take it. Like, you, you Don't take it personal. I mean, but that's you can't. Right. You cannot. Right. Like, right. I think it's a beautiful thing for your partner to tell you about their um how how full the how full their tank is or how yeah. half their tank is yeah. or what they're going to need when they come home after a long day at work right. or how they're struggling entering into a business meeting or it does yeah. it, it's it's all to there that's vulnerability and that's and that's what we're talking about here and so if you don't respond 
in a healthy way and you personalize it and you take it as an attack, I guarantee you your partner will not open their mouths again. Right. I mean, I, I, look, I just posted about it. So far, I just posted about that because essentially when someone's establishing a boundary with you, this is what the post says. When they're establishing that boundary with you, what they're basically saying is I'm trying to maintain a healthy relationship with you. They're not, they're, they're not cutting you off. And no. for people who are not used to having boundaries with other people, it feels yes. like a cutoff. It feels like, oh, you're just cutting me off. No, so I'm offended. not cutting off. Me actually establishing this boundary, me having this conversation with you about what my capacity is, is not to tell you not to talk to me. No. It's to tell you how much no. I can take so that we can maintain a healthy relationship so I don't become resentful at you oversharing. Right. You know, right. that's what right. that's what establishing boundaries is all about. This is someone's way of trying to maintain a healthy relationship with you. When you take yeah. it personal and you and you, you know, you get upset, you get hurt by it and all you allow all that to happen. The person doesn't feel safe to share with you anymore. They're not going to do know? it again. No, no, they're not going to be. No. They're not going to want to be vulnerable with you because they see how you're right. reacting to it and they're going to shut down. And so, yeah. you, like Dr. John said, you have to be open. You have to be receptive to this boundary. Recognizing, no, you're not a bad person, but there right. are there are cues that you may not be picking up on. Simple, man. That Simple. you need to be able to be more aware of that your partner is expressing to you. That's all. You know, take it as a a verbal cue, so that you can maintain a healthier relationship with your partner. We don't want to get to that place of resentment because you're doing so much and not being aware of what it is that you're doing. Yeah. No, I mean, and and I just wanted to like bring that up because I've seen it in session as well, where oh, yeah. we're talking about or we're trying to realign um, and highlight the emotional boundaries for you know both partners, and you you can sense like the other person is getting offended. Oh, and I'm like, what is going on here? They're interpreting. They're trying to misinterpret Yo. exactly what you're saying. Oh, what you really mean is no, no. I'm just telling you this. <laughs> I'm telling you this one thing. Why are you interpreting it as more? It's not more than this. Only because it's it feels not. It's that, that's a, that emotional reasoning thing. You know, they're, yep. they're saying it yep. feels like something, so it must be. It's not that way. Yep. This is just me communicating yep. what I need. Me, yeah. I need. All right? This is not to embarrass you. This is not to reject you. I'm just trying to establish a healthy line for us to be able to communicate to, to each other. That's all. 100%, man. 100%. You get mad, and, boy. And, I mean, offended. Per- offended, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean so, yo, yo, settle down. Just, just listen. Just listen to what they're saying, okay? Just yeah. listen. All right. Yeah. And 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 remember, and part of this, part, I, well, with any boundaries that we're discussing here, it should always be a slow down, well balanced conversation, right? Actual dialogue, right? Um, and I say that to say that what we're talking about is speed and pace can really mess things up where people are not truly listening oh, right they're, they're they're like you said they're doing things like emotional reasoning they're also doing mental filters they yeah. only took up oh, like five yeah. percent yeah. of what was said right and they're extrapolating right. it right there's a whole bunch and our jobs usually as therapists is i need you to slow down and truly hear and listen to your partner right because because and i've had to be honest man especially when talking about emotional boundaries i've had to intervene in session and say Straight up, I did not hear your partner say that at all. Yeah, straight up. Right, right. And I'm like, I'm I had take, to be like, I'm not taking their side. I just did not no, hear that course. myself. I right. did That's not, not hear that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and 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 why? And why? What's the importance of us intervening 
at that critical junction, Brother Reek, around emotional boundaries? What are we trying to prevent from happening? Look, we're doing our job. Right? We're doing, yeah. we're doing our, but we're trying to keep you from misinterpreting what's happening. We're trying to keep you from catastrophizing. We're trying exactly. to do and all those different cognitive distortions that you Correct. throw into the moment that end up keeping you from communicating effectively. All right. You talk about mental filters. How many people have dealt with, you know, rejection in their lifetime? And so now when you're communicating with your partner and they're saying, OK, I need a little space. Now you're looking at that that as a uh, critique of you and you're looking at it through this filter of someone who's, you know, been rejected before. Yeah. So you're not even seeing it clearly. You're not even hearing them clearly because now that filter that filter of I've been rejected. I know what it feels like to be rejected. This feels like a rejecting moment. Yep. You know, you're not even hearing your partner anymore. So now you're, you're, you know, you're interpreting what they're saying. Oh, what you're saying is that you want to leave. No, I'm not saying I want to leave. I'm just saying no. I need a second to breathe when I come home. That's what I'm Correct. saying. You know, no. and so when you, when you, when you, the part of this conversation that we're having right now is really about emotional boundary violations, how people yeah. actually violate your boundaries. You know, yep. so w what are some of the ways that, you know, you hear in session when someone's trying to establish a boundary or who has established a boundary, how do people violate those boundaries? What are some of the things that people say or do that demonstrate they're violating your emotional boundary? Um, I mean, just in general, just just like the violation I'm about to share is not just about emotional boundaries, but I've seen it a lot in emotional boundaries. And that is when partners are receiving the message and then they're telling their partners, no, that's not it. This right, is actually, right, and right. that really, as a therapist, about what they really, really yeah, that you cannot dictate other people's boundaries. Oh, that's usually no. what I have to intervene and say. Right. It's not fair. And mm -hmm. it is offensive. Right. How can you say if someone says, hey, I need space when I come home. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, that's not it. You just don't want to be around me. Right. Um, I am pretty sure if the person, will, if that was the truth, they would have probably have said it in the safe space right, here. Right. You I'm feeling, I mean? I'm feeling overwhelmed when I come home and you want to jump right. into the conversation. No, you're not feeling overwhelmed. You just don't want to talk to me. Correct. No, and it's that's like, not what no, it is. You're just avoiding. No, no I'm not avoiding. You know, I, I, well, to me, that, that that's an emotional boundary violation. One hundred. It's a violation in general, but right. I, like, I mean, yeah. So right. that that's definitely one. Um. I'm trying to think of like other very like common ones. I um I think people who for some reason try to test their partner, right? Oh uh, yeah. We have personalities out here who when people hear boundaries for some reason they're like, oh, I want to see if it's really really that. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay. Right. To me that's a violation because you're breaking trust and you you're not listening, right? right? That that doesn't equate a safe uh uh, emotional experience for you and your partner. Right. Um, those and, are a couple of those are a couple of ones. That come to mind. Even bringing that up, I don't even want to get into. I mean, we might have to at certain at some point, but I don't even want to get into people who have personality disorders and how often they actually oh, violate. Man, that's, another, that's, that's another. You know, that's another, when, I, when that's, I'm thinking like somebody system. who's like you know uh, narcissistic, borderline, borderline yeah. you know, and how they yeah. push yeah. boundaries constantly. That's all. Yeah. That's a whole nother show, right? That's I mean, a that's whole. A whole that's a whole, series, actually. <laughs> That's actually right. serious. We would we would have to do each personality, personality disorder, disorder for each episode. Right. I mean, it's it's. But you're right though. Right. You're, there's nothing wrong with you highlighting, and I think that's where why I underscored it is because there are folks who have personality types that um, I'll use the term organically come with violating people's boundaries. Yeah, yeah, and they don't either. They don't realize it. They're they refuse to acknowledge it. They Correct. refuse to see it. And if you do try and create a boundary with them, they're so hurt by it. Yeah. So hurt by it that they blow it completely out of proportion. It escalates. Yeah, yeah it escalates. Yeah. Oh, that borderline. Oh, oh, 
Like, go do go do some research on personality disorders. You'll see exactly what we're talking about, and you'll probably be able to relate it to somebody that you know who does it to you all the all the time and realize, oh, that's why every time I try and establish a boundary with them or have a conversation with them about how I'm feeling, they break apart. It's yeah, a disorder. It's something that's up. guiding them. But that, that's a whole other conversation. A whole other conversation. You know, but just thinking about the ways that we that people do violate um, boundaries, emotional boundaries specifically. What about those people who criticize what you feel? You know, you talk about saying, oh, yeah, that's yeah. not it. But what about those people who dismiss what your feelings are or criticize you for those feelings? Oh, that's stupid. Why do you feel that way? That doesn't make any yeah. sense. That's yeah. a that's an emotional boundary violation. That is. That is. And you're, and you're headed towards either divorce or breaking up because that doesn't fly. <laughs> Straight up. Research shows it. So this isn't just Dr. John and Brother Reek. Just that, no, you are headed towards divorce right. and a breakup if you continue to act in that way because it right. is a violation right. that wears people down. Right. It, 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 it compromises safety and vulnerability. And then the, the relationship just has no foundation to stand on. Right. So you don't criticize your partner for having feelings. You also don't or having feelings um, that you don't dismiss. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. you don't dismiss. And that's the you don't like part. Right. Well, you know, you don't dismiss people's feelings. People right. are entitled to their feelings, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes I have to work with my um, clients and, and, and give them another way to look at it, and it does help. And I say um, it's important to validate feelings, um, but at the same time, when it comes to like thoughts and, and thinking, like you can challenge them. Right. You can't oh, yeah. challenge people's feelings. Right. Exactly. You can challenge their thinking. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's what we do as therapists. Our job is 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 from a baseline perspective is we validate um, our clients' feelings oh, because people need to be acknowledged as human beings. Yeah. It's not about are their feelings right or wrong. People as human beings need to be validated. Yeah. But when it comes to thinking, thinking is a completely different sphere yes. of yes. life. That's where you can challenge. Yeah. But you don't challenge people's feelings and be like, no, nah, you don't feel that way. You actually, no. Like, that doesn't make sense that you would feel that way. No. You know what? Based on your perspective, yeah, it makes sense that you you may feel that way. I, I get that. But let's talk about the lens that you're looking at this and going back to the 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 distortions, the cognitive distortions. What kind yeah, of lens are, what kind of lens are you looking at this situation from that actually may be contributing to the way that you feel? Okay, that's if we look at it differently, right. that's that's the challenge, right? Let me challenge, the challenge your thinking. Let me challenge your perspective on this. Correct. You know, Correct. because there it may be another way to look at this, so that you can feel differently about it. So there yeah, you go. so based there on you your go. based on your current thinking, yeah, it makes sense that you feel that way. That's us validating you. But I need to challenge your thinking because there may be something that you're missing that's causing right. you to feel the way that you do. That yo, we do that all day in our jobs. All man, look at all day in our jobs, <laughs> challenging day, that man. thinking. And so, yeah, that may be a possibility, but that's not a that's when you do it that way. When you're challenging the thoughts, that's not an emotional boundary violation. It's a challenging of the feelings. It's a criticism of those feelings, and yeah. thinking that you know how someone really feels is a violation. You know, if they're yeah. telling you one thing, no, believe them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That may be true. All right. How else can I see it? Let me let me let me ask you this. Go ahead, brother. What are the reasons behind people violating these boundaries other than the personality disorder disorders? What are the reasons why or what are some reasons why people are are habitual Habitual. emotional habitual emotional boundary violators? What is it that they're what is going on with them that typically causes people to violate the emotional boundaries of others? 
I, I mean, just as MFTs, my mind always immediately goes to just family of origin. People probably grew up in emotional climates yeah. where feelings were dismissed, feelings were challenged, right. feelings were not validated, right. feelings were not shared, feelings were overshared, feelings were mocked, um, feelings were not allowed. I mm-hmm. mean, like we worked with a tremendous clientele over the years of people from various emotional climates right. um, when it comes to their family of origin and 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 i want to be clear here guys it's this isn't just i'll blame the parents when we talk about family of origin we're talking about family relational dynamics right. patterns history. family processes family history right. rules right some families have legit rules around emotions right that's what we talk about we always want to kind of recap on some of this some of these esoteric words right when we right. say family of origin that's what we're talking about guys we're not talking about like oh just mom right. you know just just moms or dads or or whoever or just parents in general we're talking about everyone engaged in a family cycle growing up and there were implicit and explicit rules around how do we deal with emotions how do we express them how do we entertain each other's emotions how um even 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 we know that um how to manage emotions comes from family of origin right Mm -hmm. self self-regulation right that's from our family of origin right who taught you how to regulate your emotions right. you're gonna see it from your parents siblings right you know um sometimes see, we ask questions seeing to your get parents. to some of this information correct see, that's what i was gonna see, say we well, ask see, questions well seeing seeing how your parents interact with their parents and this siblings, correct recognizing that there there are no boundaries in between them you know and right. that's one of the reasons why you don't know how to establish healthy boundaries or respect other people's boundaries because you had no examples of that you saw, yeah. everyone everyone in your family just in each other's business, you right. know, and just right. constantly and, go ahead. Right. And so that ends up becoming normal. Right. Right. And think so now, about it. We're, we, we condition, we right. condition Conditions. each other. Right. And so we become uh, teenagers, young adults, full on adults, and we're repeating. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in our romantic relationship, we are playing out what's normal. And it's not until you get into our offices where we're like, uh, eh, that was never the healthy thing to right, learn to do. Exactly. And we have to deprogram right. you and help you to understand right. there's a better but, but way. We're to so clo- I'm so close that. to my brothers and sisters. I'm so close to my parents. Everyone's so close to my family. Yeah, well, but, you're but, so but, close but, because but closeness... you're not, there's no room between you. There's no boundaries. That's why you're Correct. so close. You're up on, on top of each other. You're so Correct. close. That doesn't mean you're, it's a healthy closeness. That's not a healthy That's relationship. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say, and you hit it on the nail. You Folks, do not conflate closeness with healthy. Right. I'm going to say it one more time. Right. Do not conflate closeness with health. Because my mind goes right to codependency when you start, start Yo, talking like that. Straight you know? up. Yeah. You straight know. up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's, it's, it's people. Oh, and oh, let me also say, too, um, you know, like uh, the emotional boundaries do impact some of the other boundaries that we have talked about and we'll talk about, right? So a good example is your emotional boundaries can also, and will also shape your physical boundaries, right? So if someone, if someone's at capacity, they probably don't want to always be physically around people. Yes. The introverts, right? Like they've reached capacity, the threshold is so low, they've reached capacity very quickly and they have to retreat. They have to go somewhere. They have to recharge, right? Nothing wrong with that. But you see folks, like this is why we always talk about these things is because they're all interconnected we can't see these things as individual um sets of patterns of life when in reality like we're trying to um we're trying to just keep helping our audience and Mm -hmm. our clients and anyone who will listen to say man everything is tied and that's the beauty about um 
not just our podcast, but just going to go see a therapist, you start realizing like, oh, wow, my emotional boundaries dictate how I show up physically. Right. In this right. Wow. Right. You keep violating my emotional boundaries. This is the reason why I don't want to hang out with you. You know, Correct. if there I don't feel go. like you're going to validate me, if I feel like, you know, you are going to disrespect my boundaries, why am I going to want to go out to dinner with you? Why am I going to want to hang out with you? Now, you're wondering why, you know, I'm so distant physically. Well, emotionally, I'm not being cared for. You know, I can't yep. I can't tell you how often that comes up in session. All the you know, time. All the time. All, <laughs> all the, the time. time. You know, I, ha I have one more um, emotional violation that I want to talk about. And this goes back to what we were discussing much earlier in the podcast. Emotional dumping. You know, when you have oh so God. much stuff that's going on with you and you keep dropping at, at the feet of people, you know, you are violating their own emotional boundary. You know, that that you have to be very aware of how much you're sharing and, and not just what you're sharing, but how you're sharing it. How dramatic are you in your in your in your presentation or how you're looking and how you're appearing that's making people feel like, yo, you know, you're just dropping all this on me all the time. I don't have the again, I don't have the capacity to hold on to all that or to, to deal with all that. And so you constantly dumping everything within you. Of course, you, you want to be able to share. You know, that's what therapists are for. That's what we get. Yeah. You know, pay, you pay us to do that. But in your personal lives, especially in your romantic lives, when you always have so much that you need to let out because you're not processing it yourself, you're trying to process it again with that stream of consciousness. You're trying to process it with your partner. Yeah. All that dumping feels like a violation of my emotional boundary. It is. It's too much. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. Straight up. And here's the other thing, too, I've had to say to folks, I appreciate you bringing up like the emotional dumping. That is a violation mm -hmm. because, guys, think about it. It goes back to the earlier point we were making about read the room. Yeah. I have. So you we even see it like, you know, in TV or whatever. But when you emotionally dump, look at the disparity, how the person who has dumped all their stuff out there is kind of like, whoo, I feel better. But then the other person looks haggard. They look tired. <laughs> they look exhausted. Yeah. They're so fed up. Yep. Like you can't read the room. Right. It's a lie. Right, right. And, and I'll be honest, like whether it's it, it, as a parent, as a, as a spouse, as as kids. I mean, we human beings, we all have, as Brother Reek said, we have a capacity. And as Dr. John said, we have a threshold. Yes. And when you emotionally dump, that is so you you are not in the moment. You are not cognizant of equity. Mm -hmm. And of uh, mm -hmm. the true emotional boundaries that exist in right. that particular relationship. Right. Am I wrong? No, one hundred percent. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're one hundred percent correct. You're one hundred percent correct. <laughs> you know, because you're not. You're not aware. You're not taking the time to be aware of how your words and how your actions and how your feelings are impacting your partner. You're just correct. not. You're not. You're not taking care of your partner's needs in there that you moment. Go. I like and, that. And you're, like in your that. effort to share everything and feel like you want to be cared for, you're not taking no. care of your partner's needs. And we talked about that more when we talked about being assertive. You know, being right. able to express yourself and express your feelings without necessarily hurting the other person. You know, you can still care for somebody as you're sharing, whether it's about them or not. But you have to be aware of what you're saying as you're saying it to the other person and how, it's, how, it's, how that person is being impacted by what you're saying. You know, Correct. It's, it's just it's just that's well, I don't want to say it's that simple because not for a lot of people. Again, no, if you don't have yeah, a high emotional yeah. IQ. You know, right. you're not often aware. And, oh, man, there's so many different things that go along with that. But uh, just, just too, many, too, too many things, too many things that go along yeah. with that. But 
I want to actually get into, um, you know, our, our noble truths. We have to we have to wrap this up. So, yep. so Dr. John, so what are some closing items that you you want to leave with people? I mean, and, and I'm thinking more along the lines of, you know, what are some ways that people can express what their emotional boundaries are to their partners? Yeah, I think as I always tell my clients, I think it's important to um, increase your emotional awareness for yourself. Right, right. understand your capacity understand your threshold mm -hmm. understand what your triggers are emotionally right what what causes you to be emotionally reactive right um and also to brother reek's point i would contextualize it so are there certain moments and situations that you feel those aspects of emotional awareness get compromised right and then share them with your partner yeah yeah being able to tell someone look it i just can't talk about that right now you know i, yeah. just, I just don't have the capacity to hold all that right now so being very direct you know again and even when you do that and you tell somebody, look, at, I, I can't talk about that right now. Give them a plan about when you can talk about it. You know, recognize, hey, you may need a moment to step away, maybe an hour, two hours to get yourself together, relax, calm down and come back at it. Because the reason why they keep chasing you, is they, they're not they're not trusting that you're ever going to be open to hearing them. And so they feel like they have to keep everything inside. And so be aware of that. If you feel like, okay, I don't have the capacity right now, you re in order to maintain a healthy relationship, you're going to have to talk to your mate. So give yep. them a plan. Look, right now I can't talk about it, but I will definitely come back and talk with you more in a couple of hours. Just give me that time. There you go. You know? There you go. So that's there a major one. Um, yeah. And also I would say another one is making sure that, you know, you have to make sure that your partner is aware of what your boundary is. It's going back to, you know, the beginning, yeah. you know, being able to share what your boundary is and what those boundaries look like and, and reassuring them, look, this isn't a cutoff. I'm not telling you, I don't want to communicate with you anymore. I'm just saying, this is how much I can communicate at any given time, you know? And like I said earlier with my wife, Hey, just checking with me, take my temperature, yeah. see where I am. And I'll let you know, and then we can go on and, and, and make a plan for when we can talk about it. You know, so just yeah. be very direct in that. Yep. You know, yeah, again, not right. to the detriment of your partner's Correct. feelings. Correct. But you have to be able to advocate for yourself and what it is yep. that you need. Yep. So that people, that, without that information, people will never know what your expectations are. And there's nothing for them to respect until you let them know that this is what it is. I agree. I agree. I think that was well said. Yeah. It's just, and, and it goes again to being assertive. And I like the word advocate. Now that's a word that yeah. we got to keep using. Yes. Advocate for advocate yourself. For yourself. Advocate for the relationship. Yeah. 100%. I like that a lot. All right. All right. Well, Dr. John, it's time for us to go. Any yes, closing words for our listeners at all? Anything you want them to leave with, man? Think about it. Yeah. Man, I would, I would always say, um, let's keep growing, let's keep healing. Um, let's do it for ourselves and let's also be a part of everyone else around us their healing their growth i think that's always the biggest one I, that comes to mind man yeah man and my thing is look it there's so many different ways to raise your emotional intelligence your emotional iq the main thing is just being aware just simply yeah. be aware open your eyes watch be observant of what's going on in front of you i agree and then just take that in and then decide how you want to approach things differently because the the, accordingly, yep. the, the, the little bit when you're not fully aware of what's happening and you're not recognizing how your words and your actions are impacting other people that does pull them further and further away from you you know so yep. if you want someone to feel safe in listening to you as well as sharing with you recognize that interaction that's going on right in front of you just be more aware man just be more aware straight up 
Straight up, man. Well said, brother. Thank well you, brother. Said. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Well said on your part, too. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we got to go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Kings of Heart. Make sure you check out Dr. John. Where? www.kingsoftheheart.com. Uh, type in my name. I pop up. Hey, social media. Um, no, seriously. Um, www.rccmaryland.com. Um, but definitely check us out on Kings of the Heart. We're always uploading material. Um, we're hoping to figure out ways that we can be more engaging. That's right. Um, be out there. We're, 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 we, we got it, folks. We're talking about like talks, workshops. We're doing a lot. Writing. So y'all come show love. All Writings. That. Yes. Yeah, we got a yes, lot for man. you. Exactly, exactly. So feel free to, to check check out Dr. John Hart online. Brother Rick, right. where can we find you, brother? And you can find up? me also on kingsofheart.com, tyrikomariwalton.com, viewsandvibes.com, and on social media at tyrikomariwalton. That's where you can find me as well. All right, you guys, take care. We got to run. Have yourselves a great week. <laughs>